0: Hello, and thank you for listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. I am Teresa Kuhn, helping you live wealthier. Resources are available for you at livingwealthyradio.com. Do you believe this country is changing for the better, or are we facing darker days? Are political winds shifting and bring about much-needed reform, or can we expect more of the same going forward? Many experts predict a looming collapse coming soon, and there are wars and rumors of wars on the horizon. What is going on in our crazy world, and what can we do to remedy it? Today, we have a very special guest who really needs no introduction, a former member of Congress and a three-time presidential candidate. He's been one of the leading voices for liberty, peace, and prosperity in our time. He has dedicated his entire life to serving the American public and championing sound money, free markets, and a non-interventionist foreign policy. It is an honor to welcome Dr. Ron Paul to Living Wealthy Radio today.
1: Thank you, Teresa.
0: Ten years ago, you sparked a national revolution of sorts waking up an entire generation to the evils of centralized banking and unrestricted federal power. How is the liberty movement these days? Are you pleased with the progress being made?
1: Yes, but we always can do better and always hope for more. But uh, I, I think, I think the, uh, the revolution is alive and well. I've never, you know, named it the Ron Paul Revolution, and I didn't start it, but I was in a place where I had the opportunity to call attention to it because I think the ideas of liberty have been around for a long time and they've been emphasized. The country's in big trouble, and I think just offering up the the issues and the principles of liberty uh, was very appropriate because people were looking for some answers. So I was very pleased, and even though it's been 10 years, And sometimes people claim, well, you don't have control of Washington yet, so therefore it was a total failure. I disagree with that. I think it's very much alive because I see it as an intellectual movement rather than a narrow political movement.
0: It seems that today there's a new controversy or scandal in the news every day, right? But not a lot of talk about the Federal Reserve, not a lot of talk about how the Fed is currently impacting our economy, there's one distraction after another. What yes, and, and I, I don't think that's an accident. I think that's on, on
1: purpose. In one sense, though, I, I think there's more attention given to the Fed than ever before. If you compare it to 10 years ago, there was very little attention And right now, people do look at the Federal Reserve and even the officials say, well, maybe uh, the uh, Federal Reserve kept interest rates too low, too long. So they are uh, paying a little bit of of attention, but uh, there is no doubt that it's it's the important issue. And uh, the one thing that they do is they take economic uh, theory and they twist it around so that the Fed never gets blamed. I always claim they want credit for all the booms and that they get us out of all the bus. <laughs> and yet I, they create the problems, uh, you know, wholesale. Uh, for instance, they might, uh, you know, suggest that uh, the the uh, inflation is something that they want, and, and if it gets out of hand, then we have to stomp it. But they never want to say inflation and the distortion of the market, the malinvestment, and the ups and downs. Are are caused by the Federal Reserve It's always somebody else It's uh, it's either too much spending And the Congress participated in it Uh, They'll find excuses Too much profits or too many unions But they they misdirect the attention Away from monetary policy If we care about prosperity And the middle class Which everybody professes they do uh, They can't solve the problems Or even understand it If they don't look to monetary policy And understand exactly how the Federal Reserve works
0: what do you think of the current state of the economy today? And what do you think of the stock market?
1: Well, I think we're in a huge bubble, probably the biggest in, in all history. And uh, a lot of people say, well, prices aren't going up that fast. They're going up a lot more than the government admits. We had a little more price inflation in the 1970s. But see, that's what they get you to do. They, look, they get you to concentrate on something other than inflation. The Inflation is unbelievable. The central banks are creating about $120 billion a month of new money. That's the inflation. Increase in supply of money and credit is the inflation, and they're always looking for the other uh, symptoms. And what they fail to look at is uh, all the misdirected investment, the malinvestment and the debt. and and how that increases the size and scope of government and, you know, supports wars. So they want you to avoid that, and not think that the Fed has a whole lot to do with that. And they'll say, well, there's no inflation, you know, and they'll argue those stories. Uh, But they do a lot of propagandizing to direct people's attention away from the Fed. But like I said earlier, I think more people are catching on. So I'm encouraged, especially when I talk to a lot of young people, uh, and it was the young people in the campaign that sort of started doing the shouting, you know, end of the and the Fed and these sorts of things. So there, there's, a, there's been an infiltration uh, with good ideas and economic theory and the Austrian school and, and sound money. So uh, I think that's where we should look because we're having success there. And uh, they would want us to concentrate on the chaos of Washington, and this chaos in Washington is a concentrate, uh, uh, it's a consequence, you know, of what the Fed has done and the trouble it has has produced. But um, the 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 truth is, uh, the mess that we're in, whether it's in Washington or overseas, uh, or the middle class, and even the social conflicts, they are they they don't look at. Uh, the size and scope of government, which couldn't happen without uh, the financing of the Federal Reserve.
0: You know, it's so true. 21 years ago when I discovered that the Fed was a private group of bankers, right, owned by a private group of bankers, that was outrageous. (laughs) And today, it's not quite common knowledge, but really there's so many people who are awake to it. It's like, well, yeah, so what, right? (laughs) So it really is Amazing how much the conversation has changed to that being outrageous to think that the Fed was owned by a private group of bankers to today it's so what, so what if it is
1: yeah, well, the information is getting out there, and the frustration is is how are we going to inform so many people because they have to endorse what we 're doing but it isn 't quite like that because you know seventy eighty ninety years ago when progressivism and government and economic interventionism and inflationism and central banking came in vogue, uh, the The ideas had to change. And I always use the example of Nixon in 1971, we're all Keynesians now. He was absolutely right. We all are, you know, in government, we, we, they became Keynesians and most of them are still there, but that is why we have to change the people. Not thinking that we can change the masses as much as the people who are writing and studying and, and educating people about sound policy and that 's where I think we're making the progress uh, with the help of the internet and also with the uh, in spite of the challenges that we get from the internet and how how uh, our news spreading of our news on the internet can be interfered with but uh, no, I think it's an ideological fight and uh, and the reason why i remain a, a bit optimistic about this. Is this system can't work? It's going to fail. The big question is: is not that we will be proven wrong on the great dangers that we uh, live with, but uh, the, the whole idea is we have to have something to replace it. But it, these this system will come across. I think it's going to be as dramatic as the downfall of communism. When you think when you think of '89 and '90 with it disappearance of uh, you know the Soviet system without shooting uh, one shot with all those nukes bearing down and I remember the Cold War so well that uh, that's pretty magnificent but it was the, their system failed and this system is going to fail too uh, but that's why we have a race in time to get as many people as possible to understand why they want to have peace and prosperity which most people really do Uh, They have to accept the change in ideas and believe in themselves and believe in markets and and, and property and uh, civil liberties, Uh, and and then we can start building. It isn't like we're starting from total scratch. We've lost our way, but the country has some traditions, and, and liberty has been around for a while. The ideas are available, but we have a tremendous job. To reach people, to find, to convince them that it's in their best interest to go along with less government, because they will no longer accept the idea the government's going to take care of. They're not, you know, people in Venezuela now are not saying, "Oh, it's okay." Next week, the government's going to take care of me. They know there's something wrong, but they're still in chaos there, uh, as, as well as in places like Costa Rica, Puerto Rico. You know, it's chaos mm. there. So, so it's coming. But we have to provide the answers for the for the pr- problems that we're facing.
0: So you see a coming collapse here in the United States, similar to what's going on in other countries once the Fed, once the system, uh, economic system collapses?
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. I think the the bubble, the biggest bubble is the dollar bond market. You know, the fact that the dollar, we've been able to print money for so long, we can still do it because we're the reserve currency of the world, and uh, and we can run up our debt, and, and the penalty isn't like what happens in other countries. They have to quit printing money, and they go bankrupt. But uh, that'll end. Uh, the world will reject the dollar. Uh, they cannot uh, continue to do what they're doing, and uh, and expect the confidence to remain with the dollar. And it's being undermined already. I think the, I think people are getting skittish. They're talking about other currencies. It's just that we still have. The economic might, and we have the military might, and people are intimidated because they're afraid, oh, well, we'll close the banks and we'll, you know, uh, put on economic sanctions or we'll invade them or we'll declare war against them or bomb them. And so we're still a powerful force, but um, there's a lot of people in opposition It's growing. It's coming from the Far East, I think, you know, I think it could involve uh, Russia and China and India and in Japan uh, these countries could get together and, and come up with an alternative currency because I think it 's inevitable the dollar will fail, which would be is going to be a disaster for the whole world, but especially for America because you 're going to see high interest rates and you 're going to uh, see inflation, uh, the price inflation, and, uh, and then there's the political chaos. We already see the political struggle. That's what the Washington political struggle is all about. is that we're broke. You know everybody wants something. used to be there was no problem. We would just run up more debt and print more money. But people are starting to realize that there's a limit to that because if they continue to do or speed it up, which they have to, they always have to do more. Just look at what they had to print. And create uh, credit in in uh, '09, you know, with the last uh, recession, and that's horrendous. And uh, that's why the confidence will be undermined. But we're we're in for some bad times here economically.
0: What do you think of Bitcoin and the whole cryptocurrency world? Well, I think it raises a lot of questions. I have uh, I don't understand uh,
1: exactly all the technology. Uh, I do understand uh, the monetary aspect of it and the po- politics of it, and if it's something that's worthwhile and can be used and the market is choosing it, I've always supported strongly, you know, the competition in currencies, and if that suffices, as long as nobody commits any fraud and theft, uh, then it should be permitted. Uh, I don't like it, the way it's developing now, because I think the government is too close to it Uh People you know are required to pay taxes if their bitcoins go up in in value and they sell them uh, and the the exchanges actually cooperate and send in their ten ninety nines you know to the to the irF uh, i I don't think that's um, a totally private situation but the 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 uh, the opportunity and the uh, permission the legality of it should be protected. But I would work, uh, and I continue to make the point, trying to make sure that the government isn't there to be in control of it. I think it was somewhat like the whole social media. Social media has just been fantastic. And, you know, the Internet. But when you look at some of these uh, social media networks, they're sort of partners with the government. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the government, can, the government can take that information anytime they want. And the government helped develop these, these mm-hmm. uh, organizations. And we're also... Uh, you know, very suspicious of why we have uh, trouble with uh, YouTube and the difficulties technically, uh, since uh, since we don't get to monetize most of our programs. And and if you have an alternative like a a, a, a private currency or a private transaction, uh, the most important thing will be making sure it's private and and people don't uh, you know make it available to the government. The government. Uh, is the uh is our is not our friend when it comes to this so that's why i think we have to be careful as far as technologically is this going to replace gold i have my doubts
0: mm. what is your prescription for america dr paul can we Pardon? write the? Sh- what is your prescription for america and can we write the ship before it sinks well yeah absolutely we can and uh I I think we're going to have the
1: opportunity, but there's no guarantee, but I think we're in pretty good shape um, because this one's going down, and I think uh, the the groundwork has been laid, the intellectual framework has been laid, we have Many organizations that uh, are very astute on economics, I just spent uh, the the weekend uh, with the Mises Institute up in New York celebrating their 35th year, and there were a lot of good people there, a lot of good economists there, a lot of good historians there, so uh, that is is going to be the answer. So to me, all the answers can be found in liberty, and liberty is the essence of saying nobody uh, can commit aggression against anybody else. And if you uh, make an agreement with somebody, you have to fulfill that agreement. So liberty is very, very uh, uh, uncomplicated. And, of course, that's the recognition of uh, private property and, uh, and, and freedom of choice. In everything we do, we should have... Total choice on our economic matters, it's our money, we should be able to spend it the way we want. On social matters, uh, as long as you don't hurt people, you can be anything you want and you can destroy your own life. We can't stop you, but you can't um, uh, you know, impose on other people's liberty, but I want to apply that uh, as part of the solution to uh, our affairs overseas because the founders are very correct in advocating to stay out of entangling alliances overseas. And, uh, of course, that wouldn't happen if they didn't have the financing uh, through the Federal Reserve. Uh, so that prescription of just making, uh, making the point of individual liberty, uh, I think, is the answer to peace and prosperity. And, of course, that's what one of my organizations is, is called. Uh, The Institute for Peace and Prosperity, everybody claims that they're for that, but most of them believe you're supposed to use force uh, to take from one group and give it to another, and uh, unfortunately, that has led to certain groups uh, doing nothing more than lobbying to government, both rich and poor, and getting what they want by force, and that, that principle has to be rejected.
0: Dr. Ron Paul has been our guest today, and he shared with us his insights on what is in store for America and how to prepare for the problems ahead. The centralized banking system and war hawks continue to threaten our peace and prosperity. It is up to us to make a difference. Doctor, I want to thank you so much for coming on Living Wealthy Radio today. It is my honor. God bless you. Godspeed. Thank you for everything you've done for this country. Thank you, Teresa. Nice to be with you. You've been listening to Living Wealthy Radio, heard around the web on livingwealthyradio.com, iTunes, and Blog Talk Radio. Download or subscribe to our podcast to hear a new show every week. I am Teresa Kuhn, and I hope you'll join me again next week as I show you ways to live wealthier. Resources are available for you on our website at livingwealthyradio.com.